everybody, welcome to Frame Rate. It's, uh, where we rate frames. I'm Abe Epperson, one of your hosts today. And as always, I'm joined with my other host. What dinosaur real good crew for life? Oh, my yeah! Woo! Yeah! yeah. And I'm oh, that's the right. other one that's here as a guest. I'm Bridget. I didn't know if uh, I introduced myself. Don't worry, I got myself a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're sure. killing it. That was an appropriate uh, time. That you know, I forgot. I forgot that this is the dinosaur crew. What, you forgot what they call the us. crew. Oh, such a. <laughs> you're never supposed to let that slip your mind. No. That's, that's you focus on that constantly. Forget your uh-huh. parents. Forget your. Forget everything else. Duties. Let everything else yeah. fall. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if you were reading the, uh, you know. The old description up there mm-hmm. uh you know the the movie we're talking about today is the 2016 nocturnal animals the way that this typically works is we uh if they we send to our guests a list of a big list of movies that we want to see or talk about eventually and then uh the guest picks it and this time bridget picked it can you go into why you picked it bridget uh yeah, uh, that is that list is a tough list to pick from, uh, especially. Yeah, it is. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a solid list. But uh, I remember watching this movie in theaters um, when it came out and it haunted me for a while. And I've been meaning to rewatch it, but it, it I, I never got around to it. So when I saw it, I was like, this seems like a good time. To watch it again and uh, talk about why mm-hmm. it haunted me so much. Why it stuck, why, it stuck uh, around my... I don't, well, the first time I didn't really think about it that much, but like it stuck in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Do you one... mean uh, various parts of it or like the sequence? Because, and we're getting into spoiler territory as we always do now. Well, um, yeah. The big abduction sequence, Do you? because that's, that's the one that seems to hit everyone or... Did the whole um, thing stick with you? I think the movie as a whole stuck with me. Like certainly oh, that scene mm-hmm. is something uh, that stuck with me. Like I remember like very vividly. But I think the the pacing, just like that back and forth between that and this mm-hmm. like cool quiet movie that happens, also mm-hmm. in the background, mm-hmm. uh, is just super jarring in a really interesting way. Uh, I agree with almost all of that. Did you find that the second viewing, did it bring any new things to the fold? Did you go back on your previous position on it? Like, what did that yield? Um, I, second viewing, still liked it. think I was able to, I think the first viewing, I, I was a little maybe distracted by the, the way the story was being told. I guess I think I was kind of like, not seeing the the flashbacks that actually happened in real life part <clears throat> and contextualizing that the things that I took away from the movie was was the novel she's reading uh so I think this time I was able to look at it knowing that was coming and being able to tie uh what she's reading to what actually happens in the real world together a little bit more. May I logline it just structurally for folks that haven't heard it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, For people who need a quick refresher and I won't do like a full synopsis like we would if this were structured, but just to remind people or if they haven't seen it at all, so they'll know what we're referencing. Nocturnal Animals is basically 
structured as a woman played by Amy Adams gets a manuscript in the mail from her ex-husband and reads it. And the story of the book she's reading is about half of the screen time. And about half of the screen time is her reading it and reacting to it in her life. Her life involves like her current marriage falling apart and stuff like that without getting into every detail. And the book involves Jake Gyllenhaal, her ex, uh, w- undergoing this horrible trauma where sort of a surrogate, her, a-, a wife and daughter, get abducted and horribly raped and killed. And uh, he goes on a quest to track down the murderers. And then he eventually shoots himself in the belly and dies in the desert. And it's like, uh, it's, uh, I don't mean to... S- well, I guess I kind of do, because this was the big change for me watching it a second time. I'm the same as Bridget. I watched it once in theaters and was like, whoa. Um, and that's saying enough. That means the movie's done its job, right? The second time, I did feel it was much more melodramatic and the scenes showed more. Maybe it was because it was on the small screen. But in some ways, it boils down to a guy who got spurned by his ex writes a book that's so good and fucked up that she realizes her life is shit without him. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I didn't take that from it or I disagree with that, but that's an interpretation that I, I I got that vibe this time. I got the vibe that he wrote something that it's like, it's some emo shit. I mean, it's an emo movie. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't necessarily write a good book. It's not even out yet. He just slapped her in the face. That's all he did. So it, it, and that's all that matters for the film, right? Oh yeah. I don't mean good. Like the book is good or going to be a huge success in the universe of the film. I mean, a book that is designed to wreck her and indeed it does. And And indeed to the point where she is like, can we hook up again? And he's like, yeah, meet me. And then he just stands her up. That ending. (laughs) That was another thing. The first time I saw it in theaters, that ending was yeah yeah it was it was a killer just seeing but Amy I, Adams alone but in I do the restaurant think it needed a final shot of Jake Gyllenhaal like in a Corvette driving into the sunset going ha ha whoa I'm rad <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah with like man, with Isla Fisher yeah you have, oh well Isla Fisher is like Isla his Fisher. new one in the car yeah she's fine right. yeah. yeah that is you have such a cynical read on it both of you like i well, didn't you haven't I guess, uh, pitched tent yet so go for it what's your read my friend <laughs> content <laughs> content well i mean no no it's the same reading but i just think that it's like i don't to me like what's the dramatic argument of this movie what is like the what's the crux of it what's its um what's its argument what's its theme i thought it was you aborted my child without telling me so i'm gonna fuck your mind with my so like revenge it's a revenge tale yeah right i mean i saw it i guess maybe i'm naive uh i saw it as based off all the other characters in every literally every scene it's it is that there is it is a revenge story uh because of the people involved but that the movie is saying that everyone is vulnerable pain can come from anywhere that's what I took from it. Uh, so to me, Jake Gyllenhaal riding off with sunglasses uh, because he's so cool and he totally did her dirty, which I'm not going to disagree with. This movie is punishment. It's like 
Amy Adams is constantly the victim in this movie. She's victim of both her husbands, her mother, her own creation through like just, you know, neglect of her own life, pride and whatnot. Like literally everyone else in the film is designed to harm her, which I have a lot of thoughts about that in general, about the responsibility of stories we tell. But if that is true, and I do believe that that's what the director is trying to say almost in every scene, you can point to it and go, that's the metaphor right yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, to me, it's more passive in its dramatic argument. It's less that like revenge, like I guess it would be like revenge creates pain or something like that. Or like people, maybe something along the lines of like people when you uh, pain someone, it's going to come back and get you or something like that. But I don't think it's that. Mm. I don't think, I think it's just the vulnerability of everybody. Sure. Uh, Some people like Susan, who's uh, the Amy Adams character, uh, subscribes to this like draconian opportunistic, like out for blood kind of posturing of self that I assume is to protect themselves from pain from anywhere. Like the first, for example, uh, like the second image of the film is the many gates and castle walls needed just to enter her home, for example. Right. Like that's like the second image we get in this movie. And I think that that's by design. Uh, the third Im- image of the movie, by the way, is when Amy Adams goes to work and the book is introduced and she gets like a paper cut while opening it. Yeah. These are all like that pretty obvious pretty metaphors. sweaty, man. There, there, are sweaty. Couple, yeah. there are a couple like... Hard, like he's hitting stuff pretty hard on the nose here with the paper cut i mean yeah. at one point when we go when we cut back to uh the real world she's in her museum looking at a uh painting she bought that says revenge <laughs> that just says revenge yeah, yeah there's a uh a, a, a deer at one point who's just been like blasted with arrows yeah. in a yeah, uh, even the even the opening image of the film, Mind which was prey. very controversial. I was going to say you glossed right what? over the first yeah, the, image. You went no, right it's because I think three. we're going to address it. I mean, I guess there, there's a whole section of this podcast. We're probably going to be addressing things like the whole controversy yeah. about like um, the first image is uh, patriotic, I guess, b- based off of like holding streamers and having flags behind them and hats that are all uniquely American. Uh, obese women dancing in slow motion naked. over naked, completely uh, nude. And that's how we introduce the movie. It's also how we introduce Susan who uh, kind, this is revealed to be like a part of her, you know, in her, like uh, I guess gallery, she, an artist has put this on and uh, we kind of leave that image with her sitting amongst them as they're another part of the show is the same women laying down acting dead uh, on like the ground in like, or on squares, I guess the point yeah. is like the art, this is the art and she is thoroughly like passionless. She uh, treats the it. art, which I think is an interesting and that is what I got from it. Like she calls it out as basically like Mr. Brainwash from exit through the gift shop. She's like, yeah, this art is that I'm doing now is bullshit. It's just avant-garde stuff, copy and pasted together. And that is what it feels like. Cause you're like, why was this in the movie? And I think it's interesting. That's it's a symbol of empty symbolism. So it, unless yeah. Abe is going to blow our minds with a way that it, I mean, that, like, I, I feel like some ties to the core themes. Yeah. Well, I, I, no, I, I, don't I think so. other than that, women being vulnerable. Once yeah. again. Well, and then I have that a little bit because a movie has a lot to say about 
um, I think one of the major themes of the movie too is vanity and how her own, I guess what you could call vanity leads to her downfall or this feeling of loneliness. Like she, she doesn't want to become her mother played by Laura Linney, who's this incredibly vain woman who their scene together uh, is basically just, you're going to become me. Everyone becomes their mother. Everyone becomes what they don't want to be. And sure enough, she, uh, leaves Jake Gyllenhaal's character because for vapid reasons because, for vapid reasons because Army Hammer being a handsome rich guy who real bad movie, pick does, in retrospect Army yeah, Hammer yeah I mean or really great yeah. pick in retrospect I couldn't decide but it was weird seeing him on screen for sure yeah. as this kind of just like menacing Anocuous, handsome rich guy yeah handsome yeah yeah who like <laughs> clearly we don't like uh but yeah, and leaves sensitive writer Jake Gyllenhaal because he is not making enough money. So, and I think, yeah, her art is, um, especially that that opening scene, the the art she's picking, the, the exhibit that they're showing everybody, is a very, like, look at these bodies. Look at the, it's a very vain exhibit that ultimately doesn't say much. Right. Yeah, I think that's the point to show yeah. that she is stuck in a rut and looking for the passion she had in a previous relationship, something, so, someone who looked at her different and saw her as an artist, yeah. as opposed to someone who like curates art I, uh, and doesn't care about art actually anymore. Yeah. I watched this with Ganser because I was unwilling to watch the abduction scene alone again because I'm feeling fragile right now. Right. And... Uh, I think he had an apt point, which was that Edward, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, is super lucky that her life is hollow and depressing and her husband's cheating mm-hmm. on her. Like, if he just happened to be wrong and things are really good between them at this moment, the book would totally would have no effect, you know? Right. Um, so there's a way in which the universe is sort of built for it to unfold in the way it does. Right, right. It's like everything, everyone else in all the situations are designed to punish or Mm. harm Amy Adams. I think that that's partially because of the thesis. I think the vulnerability it's, we have to do, we, in a, if your thesis is that I feel like uh, one of the stories that you can tell or the story that this is, is one that actually uh, does posture itself as a like revenge porn kind of fantasy. Uh, Sure. But isn't that also just like, (laughs) Any movie constructs that kind of thing around a character. I mean, this is a particularly brutal movie, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, any any movie or, you know, thing where you have a main character, the world does construct itself to punish or whatever you want to say. Yeah. You know, give a set yeah, of obstacles absolutely. to a character. Right, right. And I guess that's maybe uh, Michael hinted at, like I saw a little bit of the seams a little bit more. Uh, It's a movie's ability to work on us is it's usually the simpler the movie. uh, You know, it doesn't mean the thoughts can't be complex, but the simpler the movie, the more the better. Right. Because then you don't have to include a lot of necessary definitions in order to understand it. It's a very human message. And this is very simple. The two threads themselves are exceedingly simple. Like her story is almost iconic archetypal. Like 
mm-hmm. a rich couple, guy obviously cheating. She doesn't want to be her mother. Like they're told with just the minimalist of scenes that just yeah. suggest the trope. And then the story within a story sets itself up like it's going to be a mystery to unravel, but it really unfolds no. pretty like one, two, yeah. three, the way a police investigation would go. <clears throat> like, yeah it cuts and it's like a year late, like we don't know where the guy is a year later. Now we do know where the guy is. <laughs> like, it's just how it right. goes. Yeah. The um, metaphorical story, like the metaphorical story itself is not a good story. It, like imagine someone wrote a book, like imagine a Stephen King. I, I kept book thinking or that I was like, Oh, it's not like, a good book. Yeah. It's a pretty devastating book. It's just well, a book that leaves yeah. you being like, it's simplistic. Well, fuck. And yeah. It's also the thing, thing about it as a book that's interesting to me is i think it falls in if it were a book and i wonder if this bleeds over into being a fault of the movie but maybe it doesn't is uh it's called nocturnal animals he used to call her nocturnal animal which i understand is what abe's talking about where the movie's trying to say remember he already underwent his pain edward so it's not just her who's vulnerable everyone's vulnerable so i buy i get that that's why he calls her a nocturnal animal but in the book the nocturnal animals are referring to these three horrible guys yeah and uh i will just say i have less i have less fear and it feels less like less graceful less tactful less real when like the lead guy that they hate, Adam Stevens or whatever. He has like a generic yeah, douchebag name. Quick, quick uh, silver or whatever. Yeah, he has no I can I can't understand him at all. He's just like Jaws. You know what I mean? Like he just No, yeah, they're just monsters. I mean monster. at one yeah. point yeah. he's just like, I like killing. You yeah, know? and he goes yeah. like if you if you call me a thief, I'll steal from you. If you say I'm a rapist, I'll rape you. You're like, hey, that's no way to navigate that's a, the world. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. I, I mean, yeah. I know that. But I mean, I know he's a psychopath, but I feel like he's pretty dimensionless as a psychopath compared sure. to yeah. other psychopaths. Yeah. That's all. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that like as a book um, besides uh, like the purpose of that book besides wanting to fuck with your ex is just... Uh, violence exists it's like a sad ass book yeah yeah it's just like yeah i mean we don't see the prose or how it's written so maybe you know he is a really good writer but yeah yeah, the well uh, outside of just like messing with your ex uh cormac mccarthy book is just like and then they shot each other in the dirt but it's written super good yeah i'm reading a book like that now where it's just like like that's uh like all the nick adams Ernest hemingway tales like nothing really happens it's just a guy sitting there at a campsite well Mm -hmm. stuff happens but it's the stuff you'd expect like he says i'm gonna go to war soon then he does go to war and he gets his legs blown off like the stuff you think would happen yeah all happens so it's all really basic it really relies on uh jake gyllenhaal's character being a a phenomenal prose writer (laughs) i'm glad we danced around this for so long because the real purpose of this book is to get adapted to a film in this fictional right. universe. Starring Jake to, Gyllenhaal. No, to give fucking Michael Shannon a shot oh my at, the, God. at the Tommy Lee Jones role from No Country, because that's basically what he does in this. And He's so good. It's incredible. He absolutely elevates the movie single-handedly. I think he so makes the movie good a notch better than it would be otherwise. Yeah. He is yeah, so he's... damn good in this, and he doesn't have to be. Yeah, he's uh, it's perfect, Michael Shannon too. It's like my preferred Michael Shannon. Yeah, 
You know, like, cause there's, they're, they're all, there's many different versions of him. You know, he's kind of a chameleon in some regards, but, uh, in mostly there's like one really good version of it. And this is the best version of it, in my opinion. Uh, have you seen Take Shelter? Yeah. I think that's my yeah, favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one's yeah. pretty amazing yeah, depiction of schizophrenia too. Like, and yeah, fairly realistic. Fairly realistic. I thought. But um, yeah, the uh, what was? <clears throat> oh, the the man alive that just always puts me over the top is. Uh, what do you What do you mean you have lung cancer? You smoke all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. It's so manner. It's so matter of fact, honest, and just gruff and weird. It's and weird. Yeah. It's a yeah. very weird guy where you're just like he's he's as menacing as <laughs> anyone like, else in that like, movie. So you want well, to kill this piece yeah, of shit, is. or what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's see. That's that's what I was gonna. I guess I was gonna say is because you were like you guys were rightfully pointing out that the novel inside the. I mean, it's even more confusing because this originated, the project originates uh, as a, I think it's like Tom and Susan or whatever. Yeah, they it's based the off a book. Edward, but it's based on of a book, but in the movie Nocturnal Animals. Does the book have the a book, book in it? Does yes, the book it, have it's the, the same story. Yes, it's oh, just, yes, the, the, same book, story. the book within the book is called Nocturnal Animals. The, the book, book itself yeah. is called Tom and Susan, I think, or t- yeah, Tony and Susan. I think so. Uh, yeah, something like that. Jesus I, Which I have not read, but um, I mean, that's just how movies are made. I don't know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I think it's a like, pretty Jesus. faithful adaption. They just yeah, thought they were being clever oh, with no, the title. Just, it's just a story within a story adapted from a story within that's, a story. Yeah. It's just what complex, I was pointing. That's all. It's, that's all I was pointing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I actually think that just kind of going back a little bit in our conversation, uh, the idea that these nocturnal animals being in the book, uh, these three kind of, you know, hillbillies, uh, I think it actually does because of the complexity of what we just pointed out keeping the simplicity like keeping it real simple is nice and i think that there's something about these characters not being being fairly one-dimensional because they're just supposed to be base they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be well the the metaphor i think of is in when we with the army hammer arc where it's like there's all this complexity about their relationship how they talk to each other there's all these different things you can unpack when you watch them communicate and discuss on uh, on screen there's the whole phone call thing where she uh, which i thought was really eloquently done by the director or like the movie did it because like it, it respected my intelligence i didn't need someone to i didn't need a the writer to say are, is there someone there right now are you cheating on me you know yeah. it's just like she noticed the number and i'm like that must mean that oh, she knows because her expression changed. well she overheard but a point of order and i'm not saying it's good that he's cheating on her and it's fine that he gets caught but what kind of bellboy at like a upper class manhattan hotel doesn't know to just just say 31 you don't blow up executive spots yeah i don't know yeah that bellboy's getting fired maybe that's tom ford (laughs) speaking all the idiosyncrasies of bellboys i mean yeah yeah, he knows he knows more yeah Yeah. (laughs) who knows who knows but my point is that because there's all this confusion and kind of complexity around their marriage it all just boils down to he's cheating on me it's very base all of the all of the like sins, quote unquote, in this movie are very base. It's so yeah. in the book, it's someone mur- all the stakes are higher is all someone raped and murdered 
this person. You aborted you know, my these, child. This per- so what I- do we do? We go back and kill them. Uh, in the movie, it's just one less line removed. It's like trying. That's why I keep coming back to everyone is vulnerable. Well, and they're just trying well, to say because right. in this to make everyone vulnerable, they do write arounds as simple as well. He has lung cancer, so even the menacing Michael right. Shannon guy is vulnerable. Well, it's, I, exactly. I, swings. Yeah. I also think there's um. And you keep going back to that. I keep going back to like, uh, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of the vanity, but also uh, things playing out the exact way you think they're going to. Because even if you look at um, Susan's life, her mother called it how that was going to play out. Uh, It's dread versus tension for sure. Yeah, Everyone has landed in the spot that anybody could have predicted. She is, you know, like her mother in a wealthy but like probably unhappy life uh and she left one that you know might have been a little more exciting but she couldn't handle it because she uh needed a certain level of comfort and then yeah everything is kind of playing out exactly how you thought it's just people dealing with the consequences of that right right like most notably in the with the hillbillies they laugh and say, quote, like, there goes your cops while clapping and like hooting and stuff like they have power just by existence. And I They're guess almost that's funny games. Yeah, it's Looney Tunes in a way. Yeah, it, because it, like not in just in terms of like how base and cartoonish they are. Right. Like they They're are like hyenas. Yeah. And so they can avoid any social mores. But uh, but they're the thing is, power is all that matters. So. That's why I think they're doing that because they're saying like, yeah, in this elite society, everyone builds up these structures that like try to protect themselves, but no one can, you know, no, no one's pride and everyone's vanity in assuming that they can be protected, uh, you know, like feeling that they are more powerful than they are. Uh, that's going to, it's not going to work out for you because power is power. Your thoughts on power aren't power. Right. Uh, and uh, that's kind of, yeah. You know, you get uh, a feeling that that's part of the reason that uh, the three nocturnal animals, I guess we're calling them, are are mess- choose to mess with this family is simply because, uh, I mean, he says it all the time that he just assumes that Jake Gyllenhaal's character thinks he's better than them. Right. Uh, and he's uh, always like, right. What's wrong, like, man? What did I say? I didn't even say that. Or like, what's going on, man? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's like an assumption that they have more status than them. And mm. that's part of the reason they're fucking with them is because. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he's not wrong because a corrupt cop helps him track them down and murder them extra legally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, and true. yeah, no one is wrong in this movie. Like, he everyone... is like, he's like, wait a minute, you're a lawman. We got to go to jail and shit. And he's like, I don't, I'm, we're not doing he's that. Like, he didn't even <laughs> read yeah. my rights. He was like, yeah, you heard me, right? Yeah. You heard me read his rights. And she's like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> they don't care. Even though this guy yeah. is an insufferable you know, oh, you like, want him to and die. we know he did yeah. it, but yeah. we have the dramatic irony situation. I know you did it. Sorry, I, I know you did I'm it. Doing that West Texas accent, but we shouldn't. It's probably condescending. <laughs> it's a cool uh, accent. That's at least true. Cool it is. It accent. is a cool accent. Uh, cool it doesn't sound. Accent. It does not sound right <laughs> coming out of Jake Gyllenhaal's mouth. Uh, There's um. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I'll tell. I had a really satisfying moment because I think Gyllenhaal's one of the greats. Yeah. And uh, 
Ganser's, we always disagree about everything, so I watched this with Adam. And he's like, I strongly disagree. I think he's very thoroughly middle of the road. And then it got to the part where he goes, uh, where Michael Shannon goes, you know, they got raped and killed, but there's some fingerprints, so uh, it's promising. Promising, and he goes, yeah. Promising. And Adam turned to me and went, I was wrong. He's great. And yeah. I'm like, damn right. That's such yeah. a good delivery. It's yeah, that, a, that scene, that promising, promising. scene. Yeah. Yeah. He bra- he can't even finish the word the first time. It's so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like oh fuck. Just watch Prisoners, man. He's so good in yeah. Prisoners. Yeah. Uh, there's something where we kind of I didn't want to lose because I know you guys have mm-hmm. thoughts on this that I just wanted to segue the conversation a little bit about the elitism or like the reason that the nocturnal animals like um like there's this truth that that we all found that there's like oh there's a dichotomy a split between uh these two types of americas or whatever uh there's two things that i thought were weird to me in this movie i don't know if you guys picked it up too there's like something that bothered me was tom ford has seemingly insists in this movie that the concept of rich people having feelings too is like on the same emotional playing field as something like pain can come from anywhere or art is beautiful but not tangible or useful you know or like there's all these thoughts in this movie and it's also just like rich people have feelings too is also there and i just thought that that was really funny it was like because yeah for people who don't know tom ford he's a very rich guy because he made He's a fashion he designer made, and a bunch a fashion of designer, a movie director. He's famous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was known first off by making Gucci bags like a thing in the 90s Yeah, uh, through his ad campaigns. And like he became the ad campaign. Literally for the thing that the word now just means rich stuff. Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And he's Amazing. also and he's perhaps known as like the most. Like he, all of the, like, it's usually a sense of pride at the Oscars that actors are wearing Tom Ford right. suits and whatnot. Um, so anyway, he's, he's in childish that's why Gambino the, likes to mention him in his raps, stuff like right, that, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, so that's also why he had access to all these huge homes and stuff. Cause everyone, yeah. every place you go, looks like it's coming, like came out of X mock. Looks like I mean, invisible man's going to be there. Right, yeah, yeah the future's yeah. here. I mean, um, there there are Damien Hurst paintings throughout the movie. Uh, oh, there's right, a Jeff yeah. Koons some by the pool, one of exactly. the most yeah. highly yeah, two, paid artists there is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they so, just rented it, but whatever. But like the so fact I that thought, he has access to those paintings is uh, yeah. is, is laughable, yeah. at the very least. Uh, so I thought that given all of that, that a great like uh, double feature with this movie, because this is all very there's a lot of truth in it. We kind of like, you know, gloss, you know, one over it kind of, I think um, there's a lot of movie about how the, there's a lot of fa- like aspects about how this movie is uh, about personal pain. Right. And the ways in which it's manifested, the way in which we do it to ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the movie that I keep thinking about that is like exactly like this, but like way better because it's about systemic like pain and revenge and such is like to, so we should watch nocturnal animals and parasite. Oh, also the pacing is very similar. Yeah. Like the way that the two stories are like kind of told and the emotional distance of the narrator is the same. Yeah. yeah. And the ending, uh, like, so to me, I don't know. It's, it's a very parasite like movie, except for the fact that it's about 
to rich people doing it to each other as opposed to rich people in general doing it to the lower classes. Um, I don't know. I just thought right, I had nocturnal that animals like she f- fucks him over because he's not rich enough. But in his book, even poorer people ruin everything. So it also is right. the same game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That is. I didn't think about watching it with Parasite. That is an interesting point. But I also think. Uh, I know. So because it's maybe and it's because it's a Tom Ford movie. I also think so much of this movie is uh, about style. Uh, yeah, and the, like uh, so much of its appeal is is tone and, and style. Like it's a very quiet movie, but it's also a very cool movie. I think Amy Adams right. probably all in all has maybe a page of dialogue. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe Lots of very low dialogue. I uh, like that. She yeah. she is a great. Uh, I I love that she kills it in this movie, and all she does is reads right, dramatically. Yeah. yeah, she just she made reading look like an interesting thing. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I keep going back to this theme of vanity and how this movie shows that because also like the way there's a lot of really beautiful shots of naked people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I like that is something I can and unnecessary, but it's I was going to say the opening bit. It goes on long enough that eventually I find myself thinking like this is actually fairly empowering, like good for these. Yeah. Well, these like, are brave they seem actors. to be enjoying themselves. Yeah. yeah. It goes, yeah. Uh, at first you're like, what's this surreal image? And then it becomes like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, right. they're having a good time. And then, yeah, they show. I mean, there there are hot people all throughout this movie, but like. You know, she calls the daughter and she's like naked in bed for some reason. But it's like a really nice shot. And like the shower shots of like Jake Gyllenhaal then going to Amy Adams. Everything. I thought the shot of the daughter in bed with her lover's outline barely eclipsing hers from behind was to make them look like the bundled dead bodies from the book. Just like when he takes a bath in the book, it cuts to her in the bath. But Mm -hmm. I would argue that those gestures are more style than substance i don't I, know that i agree it has with a that. lot of meaning to compare those images it was just no like i transitional i, I stuff. very no, i definitely yeah. agree i do, do think that the metaphor it originally is based on is good for example amy adams played the dead body mm-hmm. in the novel mm-hmm. um like that metaphor i think is fairly strong oh she played the dead the body about she played Even the dead Isla body. It was I. Wife. I yeah, didn't. They, I, I must have missed that. I think because they look was, so similar. Yeah. Great exactly. piece of stunt casting. Amazing piece of stunt exactly, casting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, which a hundred percent worked. Uh, Steve Buscemi's I, the daughter's body. So, <laughs> I think which that, is strange. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Tom Ford trying to say something and not being clear. I don't think, and you know, I, that's all there we need to well, know about that. It sounds like I'm. It sounds like we all got stuff out of the movie and it does have a lot of style and vibe. Um, but something I feel like I haven't said or the last big leg is like, I uh, just think this movie's all right on the script level. I think, I think there's he's not the strongest script guy. Line to line, there's a lot of exposition like, you're like this. Well, I'm just feeling exactly this way. Mm-hmm. I know you always feel that way. You should do this next. Like the kind of scenes that become dry and yet the structure almost saves it because they're trying to cram in two stories worth of beats into a movie length. So it, right. it has to be arch and dry. So you forgive it. But, uh, there's just, I don't know. 
I really did find it, especially the second time, to show the soap seems a little more where you're like, even the best drama ever made still hits on, like if you describe it in a sentence, it's usually like, well, someone's cheating on someone else, so she sure. gets an abortion. And you know, like we always circle around the same stuff or someone brings a gun. And then a bunch right. of other stuff happens. Like, right. there's only so many things. So even though this movie can be described as like, well, her husband's cheating on her. She has a hollow marriage. She got an abortion without telling him. Um, and Those it sounds really dishy. Yeah. There's an art to, like, obscuring it and making it feel like high art. And I just felt like I could feel Tom Ford lifting. I could feel the effort of, like, look at my art it's really artistic a little bit it tries yeah. a little hard i i agree that's actually one of the main reasons i wanted to re-watch this movie because mm -hmm. i when i walked out of the theater and i was having a hard time articulating this in the beginning but now i'm able to wrap my head around it when i walked out of the theater i was definitely struck by the movie and it like those those especially those dramatic scenes like the abduction the final scene you know mm -hmm. those strange out of the strange like out of place seeming beginning it, it felt like um it felt like there was uh, it stuck in my head and it felt like there was a lot to chew on but i was having trouble extracting anything out of like the symbolism that seemed interesting i mean they're like or that mind-blowing or unique and that's why i wanted to rewatch it because i was like did i miss something about this and i don't think i did i think i was able just to appreciate the story for what it is more uh mm -hmm. now not being like as swept up in the illusion of it all um i still think it's a, it's a pretty good movie but yeah it definitely is one that uh leans on tom ford's sense of style i just think it's interesting how much of a magic trick when you really do pull that off like I know there's a handful of movies I reference constantly because they're some of the best, but like the difference in feeling, and it's not that big between something like this and how I uh, I leave going, yeah, man, it was artistic. You can lay off though. I, it was it was very artistic. Yeah. Good job. And then like a punch drunk love where I'm like, you are effortlessly, you are art. <laughs> or like yeah. there seems to be nothing forced or sweaty mm. about it. You just exude artistic expression of a sophisticated it's, caliber. And I, I, I would also say there. when people can do that. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's why they're great. Yeah. Uh, and this is good. There, I, I don't want to say it cause there's no line that is like, that's bad line. Cause you know, no. obviously there's nothing there bad be, about this even movie. a mediocre film would do that. I, this, I, this is not me trying to defend it. I agree with you guys entirely. Uh, another thing I want to point out is that in it's like all the sweatiness that you're mentioning, which I agree with there, there's something to be said about, there's a lot of respecting of the intelligence. And I think that that like a movie, yeah. like punch drunk love, does that as well there are like what i guess i would characterize this writing this the the screenplay as is that there is a quite a bit of understanding of what good art looks like mm -hmm. but maybe not the virtuoso uh ability to pull it off like the it's too many it's too many asks it's sure. very I mean, hard to do. It's hard to do. About. Yeah, I, I think we see like I think this is a solid effort. It's a it's a B mm. B plus, but like it doesn't have, right. uh, it doesn't have it. it doesn't have the the mastery of like storytelling, I guess, to and take this it is over a the second edge. Film. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm I mean, eager he's a, to see what he does. He's a. I I still think he's a he's a good filmmaker. I I still think like yeah. I what I there are things I really appreciate about this movie, and it's again like it's it's very confident in its sense of style, which is you know not something to scoff at. It's the themes are pretty clear, and like you've been saying, Abe, it it trusts its audience, which a lot of movies from you know first or second time directors wouldn't have the confidence to do and maybe it's maybe it's a testament to how good the actors are in this movie uh, I think the performances the, all around elevate the screenplay and yeah. hide a lot of the work. Look at all, look at all of, look at, I mean, I mean, it's a heavy hitter cast. Yeah, yeah. Heavy hitter cast. And they all do an incredible job, which elevates right. the movie. And it, you can't, it is still also somewhat of a testament, even though most of these people have never been bad in anything, but it's still a testament to Tom Ford mm-hmm. uh, and his directing. I, I think so. And he's got stylistically, and trust me, like I, <clears throat> being a director, I always try to like a director like the the director that I am. I always try to look at the craftsmanship of it under such a lens that it's like you have to do a lot to impress me. And I, um, there's something about this like rich dude coming. I know it's like just a narrative that I tell myself. This rich dude who has all the toys and all of the actors and act, mm-hmm. you know, like just coming in and like doing like whatever they want. And like, uh, so part of me always con- like is going like, now nah, they fucked that up. That this, this is all, uh, this is all, all style or whatever. Yeah. 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 And it, like, I, I want to hate it, but like every time I'll be watching just the, the, the diet, the dinner scene between like, like uh, the flirtation process between Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal in the flashback. Yeah. And I'm like, these are, excellent shot choices for yeah. this story like it because he shoots them exactly like how the other person is seeing them which is like they're in a catalog mm-hmm. you know like the guy and this guy tom ford knows how to shoot a catalog you know like yeah so he pulls it off he knows the angles of their face he knows the most flattering way to shoot right them. and he knows how and it's to make like, people look good like i, I yeah he really that. does yeah uh, and he's got these wonderful spaces to work in. So I like, I don't want to lick the boots at all because I hate, I hate, I just hate that he yeah. has everything. And now he's like, Oh, and by the way, I want to become a director. And it's like, well, hello. I, also, there's a bunch of directors who don't have money. I heard he's from DJing Ray- now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it did, also have thoughts. What else did like, he direct? Uh, I know it's a only single man. Fun. A serious. A, a ser- yeah. A, a serious a ser- man. A ser- no, a single man. A single I, man, serious man. I is, keep getting that in my head. I don't know. Yeah, what's wrong it's with a Cone brother. I said movie, that's yeah. twice. That's twice I've fucked that up. Yeah, a single man. A single man. Okay. Which is yeah. also very good, and Colin Firth is very good in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's kind of my approach to him with style. And is it's that subtly, it's like, of course, your style is great. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would say it's also sleeper. Like it's not effects driven, so it's not one you immediately think of this, but. Uh, it's sneakily really good on the big screen. If yeah. you like the experience of dread and tragedy, I mean, and I'm just saying a right. lot of yeah. these rough edges only appeared to me the second time on a small screen on the big screen. It's like blowing trauma so hard in your face that you don't really notice. <laughs> yeah. I was also in, this is like kind of a, another reason why I want to go back and watch this movie and something I was a little like, yeah, it's what I thought is uh, the it seems like there there should have been a bigger critique of the art world 
than exists in the movie. Uh, like well, it seems, speaking of Gyllenhaal's, uh, did you see Velvet Buzzsaw? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's okay. More if you need that, it's scratched. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually kind of disagree. Uh, just in that, I think that's once again the movie respecting your intelligence by not telling you what to think about high art. For example, the you know I referenced it before the uh, you know the deer with all the arrows in it displayed in the you know uh, glass case mm-hmm. like that is so stupid that's not good art it's uh presented as high art in the film and something that she's considering buying or already has point is uh i think that's stupid and i like that the movie is like yeah i'm gonna give you images that are going to make you think that's really high art uh but whether or not you think that that's good or bad is up to you i think the movie is trying to say that's this is all bullshit but um I like. I mean, that the revenge painting feels like pretty bullshit, but yeah, uh, it's I, it's interesting. It's like the movie uses obvious iconography, but it doesn't tip the iconography. But it also does a little bit, and I'm only thinking of the time when, like, uh, there's that dinner where Blue Blazer guy says, "Oh, the show was so great," and she goes, "No, all the art is junk." So the movie doesn't shy away from telling you that the art is junk. I mean, it literally says it. Yeah, I was more talking about exactly that opening scene with um, uh, the character of Michael Sheen and um, I think it's Melanie, what's her face? Uh, Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Melanie, what's her face? That's it. Yeah, yeah, the the British lady who pops up in like every indie rom-com you've ever seen. I'm trying to see. This is going to kill me. Uh, Linsky? I think that's her. No, I don't know. I keep thinking Jenna Malone, but that's her coworker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is, yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. Maybe Am I the only one that feels the tension of keeping the podcast interesting? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Ma- Andrea yeah. Risenborough. Okay, not, uh, who, not who I thought. Alyssa Holt, Carlos's wife. Okay. Uh, then not yes. who I thought. Different person. Yeah. But, but she's at, she's also very good. She's very good. Uh, yeah, that relationship, like it, it, those are the only people she talks to in the movie in a in a, a real way, like a real capacity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they're just like to me. There seemed to be something more to get out of those characters, and maybe I'm just trying to read too deep into this movie. No, that's um, one of the themes is that we don't see that character again. Because that makes it apparent that that character was only there to be a sounding board for exposition. So it that's, it, it beca- that's yeah. what makes it clunky, right? Is that, yeah, I oh, that like, was an interesting character. Oh, they're gone forever. Oh, they yeah. were just there for exposition. That's how your brain Well, I like the observation it. that her obvious point is that her friends aren't really her friends. Not in that they mean her harm, but they're just not useful. Just like the art... Like there, there's a shot of her where she's making the same pose as the art that's behind her. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, she's as useful as that art in that moment. She gave Susan no help. That's why she tried to go there. And she's just like you were saying, like, basically, she's vain like everyone else. But um, so it is saying that that's I, I think it's doing that consistency. It's yeah. not as explicit as like Big Lebowski with her. It's like uh you know, okay, lastima. You know, it's it's not like where it's we're saying they are completely foreign to 
whatever the dude thinks real life is. That's not the observation. The observation here is very much they're useless. She sees them as useless, so they're dropped from the movie. Yeah, yeah that's rich, all they needed. It's to the do. treatment of rich society as like like blue purple blazer guy even says, "I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's name, but I'm not going to slow down to look into it." Uh, it's Michael Sheen. Thanks. Come on, you know Michael. Isn't that a you scene? know who that is? He he says you're um, thinking Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. No, yeah, I'm thinking of Ed Sheeran. Um, he says our world is easier. Like the movie consistently treats rich right. people world as a separate universe mm -hmm. that is hollow but privileged, like posh and and soft. Yes. Yeah. Well, they also. I mean, that I think this is what trips me up of like them being disposable because we get backstory on them we get that like they have a whole conversation of like how does your marriage work and it's uh like how how they're does like that aware. work for you and and they're like uh because michael sheen is gay and is out and he knows that and the and his wife knows that uh and mm -hmm. that's just and it's a, all like, done very quickly it's, it's all done it's very kinda, quickly I, and i'm like is there is there not more to say on this that's Seems oh, to be yeah, a weird dynamic. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, it, it like shows they are people. For that guy. It's fine. Right. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm out a, of the movie. A yeah. beard for that guy who is out. Yeah. <laughs> who is an outsider. So I guess not a beard. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. The space Just, on your face where a beard used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that they're that that show like i like that they're real people and they're not archetypes but they're also still not helpful they they yeah. are in their own head and they're like susan's clearly asking for a very specific thing uh and she's just refuses like oh but you have to do what the society our society right. the high yeah. society the elite would have would not have you you know you should stay with army hammer you right. should do that you should not show any yeah i mean maybe uh, vulnerability yeah. whatsoever it's like this is super not the therapy she needs right now right i mean she's she's trying to figure out you know she tried two different versions we don't know that is at this point but like mm -hmm. maybe it's that yeah she's tried two different versions of her life one where like her high society mother doesn't approve and one where she very much would approve and is happy and neither so then ask someone yeah. who does seem happy uh, right. within the system, within this high society system, but is still somehow bucking tradition, but in, in a, what would read to me as toxic way. I don't know. There, it, it mm. feels weird mm -hmm. that it's so glossed over uh, or not yeah. examined. Cause I, I think there's something interesting there, but we don't. <clears throat> Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't the, know where it would fit in the movie. It's not about this exactly. movie. It's just a weird like thing to throw at us and then never address. That that, see, that I, I can I that fit. Shit. Yeah. But I totally get what you're saying because it's yeah, it doesn't where else do you put it in the movie? But also it's like why offer it if it's like so interesting? That's why if a, the movie yeah. were a 10 of elegance, it wouldn't make the offer in the first place. You know what offers not to make if you're not going to back them up, in right. my opinion. And that's one yeah. of the things that brings it from like a 10 to a 7. But it's still a strong 7, 7.5, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, for pure emotional effect of movies as emotion machines, it really made me feel strong emotion, especially the first ride through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I think that's uh, like why I was so drawn to watch it again because I was like, there, there's something really, really interesting here, and it's clearly very well done. But I 
felt like I was missing something. And I think what I realized on second viewing, what I'm missing is just things that the movie itself are missing. Uh, and that's just, uh, you know, digging a little deeper into itself, mm-hmm. which it doesn't do, right. do mm-hmm. or when it does, it shies away from it. Uh, Depth is a definite problem with this movie in that, like even the metaphors themselves, which we were all kind of, you know, singing its praises for its simplicity, um, doesn't add new conversations. I'm, I don't think that Tom Ford will have any new revel- relevant revelations for like what revenge is, nor do I think that any director or storyteller these days does at this point, <laughs> but there's honest truths and he chose and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the novelist chose uh, if this is a truthful adaptation of fairly, top level stuff um yeah. just done in a very eloquent way like well, yeah so- it feels like gone girl in a way where yeah. you're like yeah it's strongly done drama with mm-hmm. three feet of depth instead of six feet of depth yeah i mean it just it it remind i i think like uh, something that just like pops out at me that i remember when i was like in middle school or whatever learning about what a theme of a story is um you know, it was always told to mm. us that like it's not a one word thing. It's you think of it as like a, a fortune cookie kind of uh, sentence um, like revenge is fill in the blank with whatever the author yeah. wants it to be. Where in this movie, it's just the theme is just revenge or unhappiness right. or vanity. Yeah. There, Tragedy, there, there's no like, expe- yeah. There's no expounding on the theme. It just presents the theme. Uh, And I think a stronger movie has a point of view on it instead of just showing it to us. But it shows it to us in a really cool, interesting, great-looking way that is acted very strongly. But yeah, I I think ultimately, yeah, that is the thing. That surface value. Yeah, that this could have been a great movie if it had more to say. Um, Yeah, and I I think you're absolutely right about that because it kind of... Like the another thing that I thought was weird in this movie was also kind of along the same uh, like lines of how he 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 positions rich people in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these sequential breaks uh, where we see these images of sunsets and deserts mm-hmm. that like they are classically picturesque in a way that is like a classic painting or like broke kind of style version of landscape. And it's kind of, I think, being done to slam home the idea that art is not real, life is real. Uh, it kind of positions its theme in like, like what, what does art matter when you just have someone who's like, I'm going to kill you and I have a gun, you know? Like, right. What's matter. funny is within the story, that's also art because it's a book. So he's saying, it is a book, art yeah. isn't real. My art that I made up is real. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, because art, yeah, the whole idea is art tries to take real things and makes little archetypes of them. Yeah. Uh, I see what he's going for, but it's not very relevant. Ford is at his best when he's talking about everybody, not just commentary for the elite or artists by the elite for the elite like that. That's another one of the problems that I find in this is that it's like elite elitism by elitists yeah even if it's an elitist that wants to not be for one and feels that he has like uh, roots yeah. in like being real yeah, yeah it's like a it's fisher spooner like, track yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deep deep cut for like four people mm. uh but 
I got it. So I feel special. Uh, UCSD. Um, yeah, I think as you're saying that, I kept, yeah, I, I was thinking that it's, I, I think there is kind of a case of uh, the artist. And I mean, certainly the artist not being able to separate themselves from the art, which is interesting because that is also something um, Amy Adams says to Jake Gyllenhaal when we see a flashback of them together of like, can you not write about yourself? Uh, and he does say everybody writes about himself. Uh but that is uh, not exactly the point I was making in that, like, it, it's hard to escape. This is a Tom Ford movie. And I think that's why I was expecting these commentaries about the art world or high society that uh, right. didn't really cut that deep. Because I was like, OK, you've you've made a movie about the world that you exist in in real life. What are you saying about it? And I think I kept searching for that. But there's not uh there's not much, much there. there so yeah. yeah there there was some like all right maybe i just got to take this as not a tom ford movie even though you know that's what i'm saying is even though it's not a superhero movie or an action movie i think it's a one-shot emotional roller coaster ride and that's yeah. like its main value yeah i recommend I mean, if people haven't yeah. seen it they rush out and watch it once and then let it be as good as it is in their memory sure because it'll stick with you but if you look closer you'll yeah have minor gripes like uh fantastic yeah <laughs> uh, some fantastic tricks yeah to, that they play mm. especially with the editing the editing in this movie mm. is impeccable great uh it's such a it, it it's accosting and surprises you it forces you to pay attention it's all the things that you'd expect out of good editing yeah um and nothing jars and, you but like it does emotionally mm. but nothing like physically and it's yeah um yeah it's it's a really well-made movie uh i can't say that enough like it it looks beautiful right. it is so confidently and competently made um the acting is mm -hmm. phenomenal um yeah, but I think that's why, like, ultimately it didn't have this huge run on, like, an award circuit uh, is because it didn't have that deeper element. But, like, it is still a, a, a really good movie that sticks with you. Like, the scenes that are supposed to hit you and stay mm -hmm. with you do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think uh, in the controversy over this film... Uh, of you know not just about the first sequence but also about um uh, several critics pointed out it's like this is revenge porn jake gyllenhaal's character is unapproachable because he's so off screen like mm. the real in the edward in, doesn't actually exist in yeah that film, edward yeah. doesn't exist so you can't scrutinize his actions uh, was he a part of the destruction of the relationship? Is this a biased point of view? Uh, because if he gets to like lob these metaphors that seem perfect because they're in this world that created by his book, are we supposed to believe that like he is ha had no fault there because that's how it's presented? Um, well, I think although he does have he does see himself clearly as a failure in the story he gets berated time and time again by michael Sh shannon saying like why didn't you go to her and he's like i don't know i don't know like he clearly isn't not throwing lobbying like you know yeah insults at himself but it does make it seem like because once again hinting well, at the controversy no, because the, but women... the climax of that arc is him screaming i should have stopped it i should have stopped it i should have stopped it and what that's a metaphor for for real edward is stopping the abortion and mm -hmm. 
uh, that is a self-serving artistic choice from fictional Edward's point of view in the sense that mm -hmm. screaming, I should have stopped it, I should have stopped it, about your family getting raped and murdered, completely mm -hmm. defensible. Screaming, I should have right. stopped it, I should have stopped it, yeah. I should have forced my ex to have my child. That's more a much more complicated issue. Yeah. Yeah. You can't exactly. compare those two situations. Exactly. I also, yeah, yeah. That's a better way of saying it. I also think the how the book is written is the only insight because we know that Edward, obviously, he named this character Tony, but in Amy Adams' head, she cast him as himself. I like, uh, he's like, no, 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 I don't know. It was that's Tony. No, I, yeah. This is a, a misunderstanding. Yeah. It was a fiction. But yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know. What, we don't know if he even ghosted her or it was like a absent-minded. Like, oh yeah. We don't he even know. Got car, he got we a flat tire. We can put it together. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he said for Susan and all that stuff. Yeah. No, but, it was like, pointed. Point is, it doesn't say. It doesn't. Well, yeah. We just but what we it. do know from that flashback of Amy Adams saying you shouldn't write about yourself so much that he does have this tendency to put himself in the story so with the information we have it it seems like the only insight we get into how that character sees himself is what's in the book um and then everything mm -hmm. else is from the point of view of amy adams so mm -hmm. she's not she obviously has some guilt about what she did um and is casting herself as the villain of you know the whatever reality actually happened without putting fault because she now misses him and wants mm -hmm. to be with him again uh so i don't think right, we get right. a fair view of that relationship ever which is clearly a very complicated mm -hmm. relationship but clearly uh edward slash tony is pointing out his own flaws as i mean i think laura linney's character her mother even says like he's not strong he's not brave um, and I think right. that's his kind I of. I love that she says that. She says, "I know that because when his father, father died, died, yeah, he that was, was a sad, sad. That was rough. just like a little bitch. He was a little yeah. mopey bitch. He was a, when his dad died. Yeah, at fifteen or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, it, yeah, it's kind of hard to take that on its face because I'm like, yeah, she's just a huge bitch. <laughs> like, of course, a fifteen-year-old yeah, wasn't what a cool when his dad died. Yeah. But uh, that is, I guess, what he hears about himself and like to some extent clearly thinks about himself as like some sort of a coward he's um, a sensei yeah yeah, uh, yeah i think so and, and that's yeah not, yeah and i think that's like the the flaw we're getting but that's not really enough of a flaw but it's hard to judge because we're seeing this from the point of exactly. view of amy adams who is uh for at a point in her life where she misses him so she's seeing him again through these rose-colored glasses of like no, he's just a sensitive yeah. guy. He's not that bad. He's not a guy who mm -hmm. would have wanted me, forced me to have a child or whatever. Yeah. We don't get that part so of the right. story because she's not in a part of her life yeah. where she wants to face that or is thinking about that. Right, right. And she's kind of become a shark because of all of yeah. the, these things, like because of her mother and because of what she quote unquote wants, which she then goes back on. But you do believe, you know, just like most people make decisions in life at some point or another, you did believe that you wanted this. So um, it's, it's got, the movie's got some female representation problems yeah. that I think was definitely spurned by the controversy of like, for example, uh, it was lauded mostly by critics everywhere uh talking about the direction or even best film supporting actor with michael shannon all that editing all these things that we've noticed 
you know, people were, you know, lauding it for that. But there was definitely a lot of, you know, kind of more independent, um, like, for example, the women in fil- women films uh, critic circle gave worst female image in a movie uh, to the obese <laughs> naked yeah. women dancing. Uh-huh, yeah. And I'm like, that's really fair. And so that kind of started a buzz. They also had an award. I don't know I why that made me hilarious. laugh, but it did because it's no, fair. Yeah. It really made me <laughs> it's fair. I didn't well, know that same, was a thing. The same, uh, I- yeah, the, the, they also make up uh, this, this uh, particular, you know, awards. Uh, they, they have whole categories for things that don't exist. I think exist. that's that's like really great because that's that's a tough category. Every year, that's yeah, yeah. That's they <laughs> have one called the uh, the Mommy Dearest Worst Screen Mom of the Year Award, <laughs> uh, which actually this movie won for for Laura. Oh, Lane. nice, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty bad. That's really funny and a good way to deal with that because this film, in essence. Is uh a is just a crime and punishment yeah. for Amy Adams character. Yeah. Susan is just braided, and all of the female kind of representations in this movie are not the most positive. No. Nor the men, you know, like the everyone's kind. Of, no one go, gets unscathed, and also so I'll say that there's an equality of that. But it was just a notice for people who haven't seen. If you do go and watch, just know that everyone is kind of a goblin. Yeah, and they kind of get their just deserves except for the off-screen jig job. Uh, well, yeah, and, and except for the rape. women who who do not deserve exactly. to get. I was yeah. say, <laughs> like if sexual assault is a trigger for you and you feel like I feel, which is that most of the time if you're going to put a rape in your film, you better have something truly profound to say on the subject mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. justify bringing it up. Yeah. And I don't know if this movie actually crosses that hurdle, but it saves itself by making it off screen and just referenced right. in dialogues, which is very helpful. Yeah. I, uh, I, otherwise, I'd be good to know like, going in. Yeah. Like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I question whether we needed to see the rape. Yeah. I question whether it's additive. And if they had shown the rapes, I don't think I'd even recommend seeing this movie because I don't think it pulls enough no. meaning along with it. I, I agree to with justify that. that. Yeah. But the fact that you just see bodies, you're like, okay. Uh, yeah, skate by on that. I agree with that. There, I, I mean, Law and Order SVU gets away with that. So. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, there there would be no justification to showing it. I would argue right. also uh, when Michael Shannon uh, says, "Do you want to know what happened to them?" He didn't. Um, yeah, I I was like, that's a little much. I, 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 yeah, and I also <laughs> think, it, like, it could have been because the movie's so good at being simple. It could have just been, you know, we know what happened. Like, I, right. there could have been, like, just a nod, or he could have said no, or, like, just, like, it's what you think. Like, it's, we didn't have to do that scene. Or he could have just said, your daughter had a worse time of it, that, and end the, the and sentence. And end the sentence, there. yeah. He, he didn't have to, yeah, yeah, he didn't have to go into it, and then it, like, forces us in this weird position where um, I, I thought Jake Jill, the the reaction of Jake Gyllenhaal when he hears what happens to his daughter who like was suffocated and beat and raped. And then like, he has to react to all of them and has like the worst reaction to like, has a significantly worse reaction to rape because it's awful. Uh, I'm just like, right. why we then put a, a point system on like strangulation oh, sure. and beating it. it Right. Like that whole scene. And he's like, and here comes the trauma topper. Are you ready for yeah. this? Yeah. And are you ready to act even harder, Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Here comes your stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that whole that that struck me in a very like 
strange way where it's like, all right, we're, we're showing. Well, uh, there were two other moments where even artistically, I would say even from a style perspective, uh, Ford kind of tips too hard and it becomes cheesy. Like one is when they do show the strangulation, they just show it in a dream sequence mm-hmm. with a really mobile camera, like born identity. So it's just like hands flailing and it's a dream that Jake Gyllenhaal's having. And then the other time is, uh, when she's looking, Amy Adams is looking at oh, her a friend's cell phone app that shows the baby. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, nursery cam. And, one of the dudes, movie. one of the evil hillbilly dudes, leans into frame like a like a jump scare. Yeah, there, yeah. that just shouldn't be in the movie. Yeah, that, that felt was out of, that was yeah. really th- that was strange. It scared me, so it worked. Uh, right. I'm a very it did but, scare me. It did, yeah. but I don't like that because there was. It, it's not a movie about the. I mean, it is about the deterioration of herself a little bit, but not in that way. No, she's not. Go- she's, she's not going crazy. Yeah. But they still. Right. But yeah. like that, it, she's not losing her grip on reality. Yeah, that is maybe. Yeah, the another kind of like knock against its portrayal of women is that like she's going through a rough time so she's immediately breaking with reality is uh what that's not great not yeah so yeah they're definitely yeah it it, it uses excusable because that could be you you don't know if they would say that if it was a man too but like it's still it, it looks how it looks um it looks how it looks yeah yeah they're they're it doesn't I don't think it's um I don't know. It it's certainly not the worst depiction of uh trauma to women we have in movies, but it certainly wasn't treated with as much care as it should have been. Um No, yeah. And, that would go to Handmaid's Tale, I think, right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah, the brutality. Uh, yeah. Uh Jeez. yeah. I mean Yeah, almost no movie does it well or should I mean very few I can't really think none come to mind where I'm like that was probably right and I'm not someone who should be speaking mm-hmm. on what is right or not um, right but <laughs> but no no movie comes right. to mind when I think what's a rape scene where they showed it and you're <laughs> and like it w- they had to sh- they had to show it showing it was crucial to the story or it wouldn't have had the same meaning the, and I'm like, the accused nothing really comes to mind the accused no. maybe but I, it's I still awful it's no. still awful uh not even irreversible, not even straw dogs. I, no. Yeah. It could have been built in the same way without. Yeah. I know that the story, those storytellers would be like, but it makes the stakes higher. It's like, we can get the stakes. We, we kind of get yeah. the stakes. Um, you know? Yeah. It's accessible. Yeah. I, I think they, they like, were like, well, we're being sensitive by not showing it. And it was like, you're still not thinking about how right. it plays even in, in your case. story. Is it playing as a plot device mm-hmm. or as something or is it just yeah. a stakes raiser is it just i don't think shock? we like it when it just raises the stakes generally yeah that's yeah even if it's done in a less derogatory way i guess or more right. force forcing people to confront or when it you way, don't, yeah when you still, don't confront it it's yeah, like tashi yara effect where you yeah. have no consequences yeah. later in life well right? and so also we're to supposed to <laughs> i think the movie operates on the assumption that the book is I mean, we talked about this earlier, but I think it does have to operate on the assumption that the book is good. I mean, she writes this email saying that, like, it's devastating and beautiful and that, yeah, like, we're, we're, yeah. that it's, like, you know, at least an affecting book. Uh, mm-hmm. So it doesn't really say anything about uh, this male novelist's treatment. Because mm-hmm. that's ultimately mm-hmm. who, quote unquote, wrote the story. 
Uh, so they're just like, yeah, this is fine. This didn't actually happen to me, but it's dedicated to me. Um, mm-hmm. And the woman is still called Susan in the book. Am I right about it's that? basically cat person yes. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, in some weird <laughs> way. Yeah. No? Crickets? Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked <laughs> oh, about Michael Laura. Shannon. We've <laughs> yeah. talked about sexual assault. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else don't is read there? into that. Uh, I, I, I'm saying we may have forded the stream on this one. What do you hey. think? Uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have much else to yeah. say. Other than with everything that I, uh, everything that was said, uh, especially near the end here, where I think, you know, put it in a good context. Uh, I think the movie's well made. And um, <clears throat> if you aren't bothered by a lot of this stuff, you'll probably like it. Yeah, it's, um, it's worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, if you like intensely right. horrific shit yeah 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 it's a powerful film for sure yeah uh yeah definitely not a a perfect movie or like an outstanding outstanding one but like it will leave you with like images in your head and will it's like haunting and uh good looking well-made movie uh (laughs) nothing to get people to Mm -hmm. watch something Mm -hmm. like saying it's a well-made movie that's how you get that's how you get uh people in seats it's, yeah, you it's really crafty. Good bones. Yeah. <laughs> Good bones. Competently made. Yeah. Uh, that really gets people yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, thank you, Bridget, yeah. for you know doing everything here. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Speaking we love to have you on. Speaking of, bones, Speaking of bones, you had to move them. You had to move them around bones. in order to record this. I, I did. It. Yeah. My where can know. people uh, <laughs> move? What can people? Okay, wait. Well, I'll get okay. this. If if people move their bones mm. across a keyboard to find you, where would they go? <laughs> yeah. <with their> bones. <laughs> oh, that's the, the great question. Yep, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's normal. Um, well, right here, uh, exactly where you are, you can. That's true. Uh, <laughs> You can find uh, me so nothing. Yeah, uh, and, and podcasts I do with my friend and co-host Sarah Griffith. Uh, check out Shooting Threes and Rough Stuff. You don't have to go that far. You just got to scroll down a little bit. And uh, I'll, I'll occasionally say stuff on the internet uh, on Twitter at Bridget Tweets. So uh, you can go there. And uh, that yeah. do those things. That's me. Do those things. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me, you guys. It's always good talking right, to you guys you, and movies. You. And, I know. And yeah. I like you guys. We're friends. Yay! <laughs> it's real, uh-huh. guys. Yep. Uh, I do miss you. Right, I do yeah. miss you both. Yeah, it was good seeing you guys. The friends is real. Mm-hmm. Do you think the, the friends, friends friends are really friends? No. 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 Oh, okay. All right, just, I gotta go. <laughs> you gotta, you should, you should, you should leave. Yeah. I got some shit to process. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks everybody. Bye. This has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at Patreon.com/smallbeans. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash small beans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.